What's going on, Society members? Welcome back to another episode of the Underground Society Podcast, the show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I invite you to join me as I discover the challenges that the professionals in our industry had to overcome in order to start building their career and finding success. I'm finding that the more producers that I talk to, the more I realize how introverted many of them are. And in an industry that survives on networking and who you know, it's sometimes really challenging to put yourself out there and get to know other people. And this is exactly what Rack, who's a part of the Later Tonight crew, has released on Subsidia, Rude Service, 40 Ounce Cult, who was also our guest on the show today, had to overcome on his journey to find success in his career. When he first told me this was his main challenge that he had to face, I thought that he meant he didn't have confidence in maybe his producing or maybe his performing, but it ended up being that he originally just didn't have the confidence within himself to introduce himself and build the relationships that he needed to to become successful. So how did he learn how to build confidence within himself to become more of an extrovert? Well, we answer all of that by the end of the episode. So I hope you're ready. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by AirVDM. AirVDM is your premier electronic dance music brand, a print digital magazine, lifestyle-inspired subscription box, and full production event company. AirVDM has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for ravers by ravers. Visit AirVDM.com, that is E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M.com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode. I was actually born in Pakistan. Oh, shit. And I ended up coming out here when I was around five, so I was still really young. But right when my memory is starting to really become a memory you know it's like around mm-hmm. that age so i just remember coming out here and then growing up i was always involved on computers regardless it, it whether it was music production like editing videos you know like editing call call of duty videos back in the day and after effects and just messing around with just software in general it's all very similar whether it's like video or music or whatever it is they're all pretty similar in terms of the layout and the process but struck me towards music was that there's more creativity involved in it so you can kind of have more fun with it rather than it just feeling like tedious work and if you lose your project it's like damn if it's a video project it's like damn i'm just gonna have to do all that work again where when it's music it can go a different way and you can just feel different by the time that's done you know so there's like there's more hope in it feels like i i kind of have a similar background i was all four years of high school i was in video production classes and stuff like that i really like that's where I kind of why well, I had the techniques and stuff to get my podcast started. It's, oh yeah, I do agree though because I see like musicians. Cause I don't produce myself, but I do see like my friends that produce and people that've been on the show. It's just like it seems like as long as you have an idea, you can kind of take it anywhere. Where like with like video, at least from what I know from like editing video and stuff, it's like you have to have certain scenes and you plan out. It's like way more pre-planning. Yeah, that goes into video than it does for music. Yeah, it's just kind of like you're following a blueprint almost. You know. Yeah. There's- I mean, you can still have fun when they like, do creative stuff in it, but I just felt different doing it. That's how I felt towards music. But basically, as I got into like high school, that's when I started my first DAW, which was FL Studio. I think it was like eight or nine or something. But just ma- making loops in that and then trying to figure out how to make beats, I kind of just messed around in high school, not very seriously. But, you know, when you're jumping around between these things, you're kind of drawing towards what you like. So I ended up coming back to it. And then just getting more familiar with learning how to actually like mix things down and make things sound proper, you know, like learning why things aren't hitting in key, just like learning all the basic stuff that you need to know or what you'd kind of learn if you went to school for it. Just kind of like picked it up either through YouTube or just talking to other producers and like sharing ideas with each other. How old were you when you were going through all this? I was pretty young, honestly. I think I was like in... I don't know what age it would be, but it was in around seventh or eighth grade where I was okay. like, 
first getting into FL Studio. But when I started going into high school, I'd say maybe like halfway through high school, that's when I ended up really meeting with more producers, spending a lot of my time producing like in class while I was at school. So I ended up downloading Ableton because everybody had Ableton. So it was just easier yeah. to collab and just work with everybody. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just learn this DAW. So then I got into the Ableton, but that whole transition was when I went from making trap beats and like hip hop beats, which is what got me into That's it. what I was going to ask is where, where you said you start with like rap beats and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like what was fun to me, making like really ghetto, hard hitting trap beats just sounded really fun and getting people to rap on it. But I started leaning towards using more things inside the software. And then just you, just by you messing around more, it starts to give you like a dubstep B type of vibe, you know? Yeah. So it's like if you start messing around with it enough, it's going to sound like dubstep. So I'm like, I might as well just go ham with it and just make dubstep because I went to my first show during that whole period of time. It was a Datsik show in oh. Richmond, <laughs> but they had, it was okay in Drezzo and it was a great show. You know, I had fun there. And then I just wondered the whole time what, while I was making hip hop beats at the time, I was like, how are they making these sounds? And a buddy of mine was just told me, he kind of inspired me. He's like, yeah, I know you could do it if you tried it. So I just tried doing it. And here I am, however many years later, still using Ableton and having dab dabbled through like using logic and reason and other programs yeah. to kind of get familiar with the language. What do you like? most about Ableton versus the other ones since you've, you're also you've learned the other ones which why did you decide to go with that it's the workflow I feel like everyone says that it's just yeah. so quick and easy to pump out ideas and like translating it from your head to the computers that was the hardest part and it's like the quickest method of doing it in my opinion it's not as fun as FL was and like more intuitive but like once you get Ableton, Ableton down and you know how to like how your workflow is it's a lot faster it's set yeah you can pump through ideas yeah. a lot quicker did you have any idea of what you wanted to do before you decided on music because obviously starting in high school and stuff did you did you ever have like an idea of like oh, this is this is like i'm working on music because i like it and this is fun but like did you always think about it as a career or did you think about doing yeah, something else I, and just kind of doing that on the side when i thought of it it's all i wanted to do i thought of whatever else i had to do was something that i had to do on the side you know that's dope but before music it was either like like I said, video editing right. or being involved in making movies, something along the lines of that, or music. And like once I got into it, when I was, once I basically invested enough time in it, I'm like, why would I waste all that time I just invested in it? I might as well just continue doing this. And yeah. Better, you know, so if the if I'm seeing the results, I might as well just keep grinding at it and feel like it eventually pays off, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Time. I mean, especially how, how old are you now? I'm 22 now. 22 now. So yeah, that's, I mean, you're already past the five-year mark. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. I feel, I feel like five to 10 years is usually what it takes most people to like do make some sort of a name from this else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I basically, I've been doing it seriously for, I'd say you could say five years, but it was on and off because the last job I had for basically two years, it killed my production because I was just slaving hard, working hell hours, not even feeling inspired to do anything when I got home, you know, type of job. Yeah. The job I have now really balanced it out. So I just kind of kicked back right back in the gear of where I left off before I started the last where, shop. Where were you working? I was working at a dealership. I was okay. a service writer. So I was just selling services. Got it. But there's only one other coworker there. and We both did the same thing. So we basically were in charge of the service department for those cars in that whole city, basically. You know, so Damn. There's a lot of traffic. Yeah. And, and what, where are you originally from? I know you're on the East Coast. I'm basically, I've been living, I like lived all over Northern Virginia. So I'm still in Northern Got Virginia it. right now, like 30 minutes from DC. Okay, cool. Um, once you decided on like, 
the rack branding and like all that stuff. How did you go about like building the foundation of what your music project is today? How did you decide on the name? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, the name I actually had it as my rap beat name, but it was different. It had dots, it had initials between the letters A, R, A, and the K. Uh-huh. Just to make it obvious that it's my initials. But when I made dub stuff, I feel like it, it just was unnecessary. You know, it just looks shorter and cleaner and simpler when it's smaller. Plus, it'll be bigger on a flyer, you know, yep. stuff in between. Yeah. <laughs> but like the branding was basically based on the name being my initials. But yep. the actual idea behind it is randomly, I just thought of different ideas that I haven't seen implemented throughout dubstep artists in the industry. And one of them I thought was, or at least if I'm, not aware to my not the best of my knowledge i know there isn't a mobster or like a mafia themed dubstep act you know yeah not that i know i mean the closest one maybe would be hesh kind of because the fuck shit stuff is kind of on that kind of same brand but like i think he's that, more like gangster though you know yeah, he's not, not yeah. like that mafia vibes more just like right like, fuck shit, like hood rat type of vibe yeah, you know? just yeah. like savage stuff but yeah so it's there's visuals and stuff I have in the work now that are help going to tell that story when I'm playing more shows because I have I have some visuals now, but it's not definitely not the whole idea I want to send off with the branding. People to see when when they hear the music, they can associate it with right. what, they're, what they're seeing, you know. So right. it'd be cool finally getting that out there. So probably within the next two weeks, actually, you might see something on socials about that. Is there like a deeper message within your branding at all? I know like a lot of artists have like, this is like the main message that I want to spread through my art. I feel like it all, everything comes down to like inspiring people to just, it, and escape from reality is what basically everyone, everyone's answer kind of leads. Right. Towards. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to at the end of the day, just like sharing the energy being able to just vibe with people yeah. and being on that same frequency and just like, you know, just like snap out of the matrix for a little bit. Yeah. That's it. Like if I can get one person to snap out, like that'll make me happy. You know? <laughs> it's just like, you're not thinking about anything. You're just right there in the moment. Yeah. Phones away. You're just listening. You're just vibing. Yeah. I know. Uh, I don't know if you listen to trance at all or not, but I know uh, one of my favorite artists, Lane eight, all of his shows. I think they put like a piece of black tape or something on their cameras to where they can't record the set. They can't like be on their phones. They can't do it. So it's like, they force you to be in the moment. So cool. Yeah, I know some shows, they actually do that for other genres. They do yep. that. They tell you, like, you cannot, you have to, like, turn in your phones and you go yep. like, type of stuff. So, yeah, no, that's definitely really pushing that message. But, no. Nah. Would you ever do something like that? Would you ever force uh, people to put away so. their phones? I, no. I feel like EDM Act don't have enough power to do that, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> You kind of want them to share the moment. Yeah, plus it's good for marketing. So yeah, that makes sense. At least least like the level some of us are at, whereas like all publicity is good publicity almost, you know. It's like what really sets you apart is whatever pops up on their feed, you know. Yep. Um, So I want to go to the time to where, because we we know you're, not everyone, but the people listening are going to learn that you are on the Later Tonight team. Um, And I wanted to take, go back to like what you were doing before that. Um, were you producing or playing shows before you started work with them? Obviously you were, but, um, were you playing more local shows or like, what is, what has changed from the beginning before you were with them to now? Well, in terms of like the music, the production was always going to be there regardless. You right. know, it's like, it's, what did you start? Be... what do you start with first producing or you just no, it was always producing? And then I okay. got DJing after uh, I'd actually understood producing and it yeah. definitely played a good part. Like, as you can see, I have decks now and it definitely helped knowing production going into mixing was like cake yeah. you know it's like way yeah. more simplified and laid out and it's 
the same idea, same concept, but it's just like physical, you know? So, but yeah, it's beforehand, there's always just working on music and grinding no matter what, but the people I'd interact with would more be just online, you know, just talk okay. through Discord or talk to them through whatever. And just to be more like a, an online relationship versus now, it's still kind of online, but once in a while, once there's a show, like once a week, maybe, or a couple times a month, yeah. we'll, kinda, we'll all link up at that show. One of us will probably be playing, if not more than one. So it's just like hanging out with their homies, just working, you know, but it doesn't feel like work because they're yep. just hanging out. So I feel like that's why we all do music is because it, it is work, yeah. but it doesn't really feel like it to us. Yeah. So it makes it worth it. But yeah, it's there's not a huge difference, I'd say, even with the regional shows I played I've yeah. kind of always played on the east coast mainly okay I played from Philly New Jersey I haven't played in Pittsburgh yet but I, I might be playing there soon but kind of just going down like all over DC we're about to play in Maryland for the Eptic tour uh, North Carolina and Florida with my, with my buddy Ben's mixer but I mean it's never kind of like deviated too far west but I'm hopefully hoping to change that soon Hell yeah. Before you joined later tonight, I guess go back to that question. Did, were you playing shows already or did you not play a show until you got with management? Yeah, the fun, The funny thing is I was actually at a show. I was at the in a room. So I was playing a show, I think either that night or I played it the night before. But that's when Jake was calling me basically. Uh, yeah. Trying trying to sell it to me, you know, to join. Yeah. In my head, I was already sold at the time because I was like, we all live in the same area. I already like collab- have collabs with half the people in the crew. Like we all go to each other's shows already. It was, it was practically I was already in it, but now this is like the official official yeah joining. You know, so I was like, yeah, like why wouldn't I? You know, like it's, it's just a bunch of homies and right. just putting a name on it. I mean, as long as there's nothing negative associated with it and no one's saying anything dumb on social media, like I'm fine. I don't know another company that has like like you guys are all like not not all of you you guys have released on subsidia and some bigger labels congrats on the 40 ounce release too that you just had um but with all that stuff like i feel like you guys are still like somewhat underground but i don't think there's i don't i don't know of any like other like powerful force of like a group and like a like almost like an I don't know, what would you call later tonight an agency there's like a management a team yeah collective, like, there's some to be rhythm crews you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no one that i know of at least that's as powerful and it's been like a force in the scene as much as you guys like you guys have like your whole so roster awesome. is like stacked you guys are all doing stuff so and we're all trying that's like the goal yeah. you know, to try to be around like-minded individuals who just keep pushing each other and just go right to each other for feedback you know because yeah. we'll be straight up you know there's not gonna be sugarcoating like we won't get butt, over, butt hurt over each other's comments like we'll tell each other what's wrong and then grow and then move on you know and right try to work as efficiently as possible but like still have fun with it what kinds of things do you think later tonight has like taught you since being a part of the, the whole team? It's definitely good to be social, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to just like talk to anybody or and everybody and just be friendly because you never know who the next guy is, basically. Right. The main thing of just being more involved physically and then just have you grown substantially since joining the team or no? I mean, I'd say so because yeah. I just feel like I the the bigger difference is I look at it more more businessy than right. before, you know, kind of have more plans for everything rather than and like feeling like something is just kind of forced or rushed. Like you'll kind of, you'll know when time, you, you'll pay more attention to timing and things like that a lot more closely than before. So I'd say it definitely helped me more than it's hurt me. I feel like with the management too, now that you have an actual manager and stuff, it, it almost provides you with a little bit more opportunity, especially because they're plugged in with like Sullivan King with Lays and 
excision with all the subsidiary releases that you guys have had. Um, yeah, and it's just homies too, you know. So it's like when right. we know each other's shows. That's another benefit. Is like we're all just homies. But yeah. if one of our homies is, is on tour with someone, and we go to one of their dates, now we're just hanging out with like all the, the people that we look up to in the dubstep scene, you know. So it's just it it works out when we're all just grinding and yeah, like, feeding off each other. Exactly. I feel like you were actually kind of already like on your path before you joined the team too. Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm trying to say. Is like, yeah, it's like. They're either going to be part of the journey or they're not, you know. Yeah. Like, but either way, I'm, it's not like I'm going to stop. And there's probably either going to be another entity or it's just going to be continue to be solo and just be a, a, a usual or like a what you'd expect to be individual kind of like. Right. You know how the rappers are not like signed to labels. Yeah. They independent. Yeah. You feel yeah. more like that type of vibe, just just doing it. But no, I I, I can't complain with the way it's worked out because I mean I don't mind having as the main person to shit on me for feedback you know so. <laughs> i love sam he's a great guy um yeah what would you suggest for people who might be in the position you were a few years ago where they might be looking for a team like it's obviously like you you feel like you just answered that question of like i don't feel like you really you didn't really feel like you needed them um but a lot of people like do feel like they like they're like to get to that next step they need an agency or they need a manager like what would you suggest those people should do if they're feeling like that. Yeah. If you're feeling, I mean, even I feel like I need an agency sometimes, you know, right. you know that agency can place you wherever you need to place you. And after the music's heard, it'll, it'll talk for it or speak for itself. You know? Yeah. But I mean, if you're at an even smaller scale and you don't have as much of like a social presence or a following on whatever platform is, you just have to cover your bases. Like if you're a producer, like you need to have at least, a decent or a handful of decent music that you can show to someone at any mm-hmm. time to prove that's that's what it is, you know, and you should be able to your producer or DJ, especially in the dubstep scene, and you don't know how to mix properly, that's something that you need to get down. And then the other thing would be your branding too, you know, if yeah. you're just a guy who does a bunch of edits and doubles with it and there's not really like a theme behind it, then it's not gonna be really set you apart from the next guy out and expecting someone to help you especially when your workload isn't something that's out of hand, it's kind of pointless, if anything, you know? Yeah. That's another bigger thing going into it is I get they can handle like your paperwork and stuff and like the boring work, but if they're not well-connected in the industry or if they're not like, you know, involved in, in the side that you'd expect an Asian type person to be involved in, then having an extra person isn't going to change the game for you. you know it's not going to be like a magic secret secret yeah shortcut to the end like you still have to grind the whole way through what do you think are some like because i know even for me like i get approached with opportunities and once you get to a certain point you you start getting approaches from random yeah. people you might not even know what in your opinion what are some red flags that people should look out for when being approached by different agencies and labels and stuff like that i do your research yeah. And then don't settle too quickly. Don't buy it at your first offer, you know, because yeah. that's really going to set you in your lane. You know, if like a bigger agency like UTA sees you sign to X label, you know, then they're going to think, okay, well, he's in that tier now. And it's going to be a lot harder for you to climb out of that. And you'll be happy with that kind of cap on your brand. Whereas if you decline that and open the options and then some other label hears or some other agency hears that decline that it's more people talking if you continue to grow independently just a matter of time till the big fish the big fish sees you you know and then they want to put you on and that's ultimately going to 
do a lot better for you in the long run. So yeah, I'd probably let's say patience is a virtue in in this case. Don't pigeon and try not to pigeonhole yourself either. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that people can put themselves in like the best position to get recognized? Like, how did you go about just networking yourself and putting yourself out there? Yeah, it's just like yeah. you have to do extra stuff. You know, you can't just yeah. like do the bare minimum. Like, and a lot of it nowadays is a lot more of your brand than the actual music. You know, like if you don't have something to put out there and you're complaining about people not seeing your stuff or you're not getting booked, that's all hurting you. You just have to start doing some of that stuff. Like, start making some cringe TikToks once in a while. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't have to do all that, but you know, what I mean? like <laughs> dance on TikTok. That's that's how you win. That's how you win in 2022. Like, dance on TikTok. A, <laughs> personal relationship with your community like they have right, to recognize right. the face of the brand or like whatever gimmick you have like a helmet or whatever like kind of like set something to have something to set you apart from the start so they can they know what you're getting or have like a certain type of sound so they know when they hear that it's you like anything to really do a little more than the next guy you know it's like a sport you train more in the off season you just gotta keep working more do different things so you're reaching to people on all different platforms you know not everyone on facebook's on twitter right so definitely got to get to do your work on all bases for sure. Right. I think you've done a fantastic job of building your own community around your, your rack project is I see you, you, I see you doing a lot of putting in a lot of work on your Facebook group, which a lot of people don't even have a Facebook group to begin with. Yeah. Um, you see some well, of the, the reason why I started it. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was like your initial like idea behind where, like when you did start that, cause it hasn't been too long. I think I was like, you were, I was one of the first people that you invited into that group. Yeah, you're probably like the first hundred. I just knew that, Following the people I followed, they all had that community already. And I figured it's better to start it now than later because it's mm-hmm. going to have more time to grow. Plus, the people that are watching me kind of come up will appreciate me more and see more of my growth and more of my development. So it just made sense. I know I'm already going to have it. So what am I waiting for? You know, so it's a matter of just getting the artwork together, getting a little bio together, just doing what I needed to do to get it up and going just to start it rather than waiting. You know, how much has it grown since when did you start that? You started that, what, like six months ago, maybe? I don't even know. Oh it's God. not too high. It's like 220 okay. or something. Yeah. yeah it's like definitely under 300. But the people that are in there, they typically engage on my regular posts anyways. You know, right. so now they're really going to be not like forced to see, but they're going to have a higher chance of seeing the stuff I post through that. One thing that I, one thing that I like about Facebook groups is like it notifies people when like the admins post too. So whenever you post an announcement in there, like everyone gets a notification to like, oh, he posted something. I see all the time my like notifications as like rack posted in yeah. rack mafia. <laughs> you can see who like viewed it, you know. You can see, yeah. Like, oh yeah, damn, you viewed my shit and you didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah what the hell? Add <laughs> him later about it, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I know there's a lot of challenges, obviously, along everyone's journey. Um, obviously, I have an entire podcast built about built around the idea of discovering the challenges and finding out how people have overcome them. Um, but in specific, what? challenges have you personally had to overcome and within your own journey that's it there's a couple key main things but i feel like the top two i can think of like off the top of my head be one would be the workflow like figuring out how you can efficiently treat almost treat it like a day job but like to the point where you like at a daily like there's a minimum you got to put in almost every day like at least daily just a little bit just so you're like you're always sharp and you're not starting to get rust on you you know yeah so there's a minimum that you need. And if you have an easy workflow, it doesn't even feel like work. You know, it's just like you quickly just have fun with it and pump out an idea and just keep the keep the machine going. But the back other to, thing, back to why you use Ableton, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all yeah. ties together. So it's just like <laughs> it, it made sense and now I'm here. But yeah, other than that, 
the other thing was like a challenge, I would say starting out at least if you're not talking to as many people or if you're not on like in a discord with a server with like-minded producers or people you can like talk to for feedback and whatnot. And it makes it a lot more challenging to figure out who you are. You know, if yeah. no one's really talking about you and you're not talking to anybody that's involved in, in the community or in the scene that you're trying to be a, an artist and then it's going to really slow down that growth. So I'd say being involved in any way possible, whether it's like being in a crew or being in a collective or just in a group chat, a Discord server, whatever, all that little bit of just like like one conversation can help. And I guess that's what's good about being a part of a team too, is that you have that instant people and all those people are like your core. core Yeah, we're all talking about each other, you know, we're all supporting each other. We all play each other's music in our set. So it already makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't we talk about each other? One thing that you know, you mentioned too before the interview is um, you brought up having confidence in your work. Did you lack confidence more around your producing or did you lack confidence more around your performing or both? No, I think it's confidence from dealing with a lack of support. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then a lack of acceptance from labels early on in your career. So those are the that's what I take confidence wise because you're confident in the work usually you know you're not going to post it right in it but it was more of losing confidence from seeing stuff not do numbers or seeing yeah. what they know or not respond or whatever you know that sort of stuff that's what kills your confidence but that's a part of the process you know it is everybody's <laughs> got to go through it unless you got money out the ass and you're paying for promo yeah that you're going through it <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of us do not have that money, especially if we started at a young age. It's just we have to. Yeah, you just do what you. Or we're on the long haul. <laughs> uh, how did you manage to overcome like that? Like, did did later tonight help you in any way of like overcoming that uh, lack of confidence and pitching yourself to labels and stuff like that? Or did you kind of take that upon yourself? How, how, what did that process of overcoming that feeling look like? Well, it was just like before I joined later tonight, even I was already talking to more yeah. producers. Kind of that's like when I, when I, ever since I got my last job taken care of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just right back in it, diving back in it. And they just happened to be the at throwing shows at the local venue, like 30 minutes from my house. I'm like, why would I not go there? You yeah, know? I've already engaged with them online. And the first yeah. time I saw Jay Cliptic was at a show where he's playing one of my songs. So I automatically had a good impression of him. You know, I'm like, I like this guy. He plays my music. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a good sign off the bat. And even Layla Lays, she's been, she accidentally loaded one of her sets on Rekordbox, you know, and like one of the first songs in there was that same track that he was playing too. Nice. So it's funny to see that we are already knew each other before yeah. we even kind of got together. So it's just like, we're all the same age. We all have been supporting each other's music. So it's kind of, it's a small world, really. Yeah. How did you feel once you began to feel more confident and you had some label releases and you had stuff like that? Did you, did it begin to make you feel better about the direction that you're taking your project? For sure. It makes it yeah. feel more real. You know, when you get to yeah. play a show, if you hear anybody that you look up to play your music at their show, it's like, it definitely boosts your confidence. Yeah. And then sharing that and seeing other people see you experience that, no, it definitely puts you on an upwards trend of, more positivity you know how does it feel when you see like your friends when like the other later tonight team like how, how does that feel to you when you see them like like when sam got on stage with 
uh company at lost crazy, like, dude, like that. Like, yeah like what is going on <laughs> like literally like we're all gonna make it <laughs> six months ago you're like dude you could never imagine something like that and yeah now i was just chilling with leo tricks and g-rex the other day yeah you know? it's like i'd never imagined just hanging out with them and like seeing them and like us being a little tipsy you know i'd yep. say at least and it's just it's a cool experience seeing them perform while having followed these people for the longest time and like like you gotta like rub your eyes too. and be like is this real life right now like are these people yeah, no. really in front of me <laughs> yeah it's it's insane and like it just makes it it feels more makes it feel more real knowing yeah. that we're all doing the same thing it's just like more of a reason to continue going you know if if someone came to you and they weren't feeling confident in what they were trying to do in music how would you handle that what would you tell them you figure out why you know what yeah. are the weak points like is it the music that's doing yeah. that is it the label that said that no it doesn't fit our vibe doing that or is it you get no engagement is it because the music's not there and you're just promoting the crap out of it before yeah. it sounds good enough like there's a lot of things that could play in it you guys just gotta like analyze it case by case yeah. just focus on that weak spot and what would you say your weak spot, spot your main weak spot was for, for that mine i would say was that like was a social presence okay and just building it especially on like instagram on yeah. social it's just using just posting more content just like more regular content not even music related that is yeah music. that is something i had to learn along the way too is like you got to posting just personal stuff you look at all you know you look at the bigger brands and stuff like that excision ah, excision doesn't do quite as much of that i feel like but like you look at like anymore but yeah he'll do so yeah it's soul of a king or wooly or any of those guys that like have stories up every day and like putting their actual just who they are as people like people can connect with that a lot better it's um, kind of just like vlogging your life a little more basically just yeah. documenting more of your life basically is what i've yep. been doing and like the, i mean it's, it doesn't feel like a big change honestly because I, I like showing off the whip i just started you mm-hmm. know and then then seeing it like a couple months later dropping and releasing and just kind of seeing the whole process happen in front of him rather than worrying if someone's like a ghost producer for him etc right. you know <laughs> right i think in my opinion it's it's one of the most important aspects of success especially if you're an introvert are you an introvert personally yeah, when I was younger, I yeah. wasn't one to talk as much. But like, this is a hard industry to get into if you're an introvert. Like, luckily for me, like yeah. I feel like I'm more of an extrovert. I can talk to people; it's easy for me. But I feel for the people, especially. And I know I feel like a lot of producers are more, especially like the bedroom producers are like, I don't know. I just like making music, and I like staying in my room. Like, I don't like talking to people. This is like what I like to do. And that's why a lot of exactly. ga- why a lot of producers are big gamers and stuff like that too. Um, did you have to go through like almost like a like a psyche change almost to go from like like dealing with being an introvert, but like knowing that you have to put yourself out there. So the good thing about my last job was that it made me become an extrovert. Basically, like I had to be on the phone constantly. I had to talk to people to make money. So it really made me better in that department. So like that break I took off, I wasn't focused on production, but I was gaining way better social skills and kind of coming back into it. It was kind of using those skills in this industry. And it kind of just, I think it worked out for the better. So I, there wasn't a point where it's like I had to switch up. It was like I was already changed from the job and then I was just continuing to do what I was doing music-wise, but yeah. now I'm just engaging more with the community. If you would have never overcome that, where do you think your life would be at right now? If it wasn't for you learning how to become an extrovert and put yourself out there and grow, like actually learn the proper techniques to grow your brand, where do you think you'd be at right now? I think I definitely have a way smaller following. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot, a lot less content to post on social media for sure. It would be more just music, but then that kind of puts you in the bucket of more of like a typical person. You know, it's going to be hard yeah. to set you apart. So I definitely 
would have less of less chance of being on the podcast with you right now. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Uh, and thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I'm going to wrap it up because we're, we're you know, running out of time here. Um, but I'm really glad we were able to make this happen uh, as you've been on my wait list for quite a long time now. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, before we get out of here, I have a couple final questions, wrap up questions for you. One is, what are you most excited about coming up for you this year? This year? Yeah. That so you can't, can't, you, you can't give away. Obviously, for some releases, I'll say one of them is on Subsidia, but the other Thank one is on a label that it's someone that I've looked up to for a while getting into this whole game that's awesome. supported me forever. So it's going to be cool. It should be a bigger body of work too, not just a single on a label I looked up to. So that, that that's the main thing I'm looking forward to. And that's awesome. I think, I think things like that definitely help your Congrats. You know, producer resume to yeah. really show people that don't know you that, yeah, I do take it seriously, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> congrats on that uh, is there any shows coming up for you in the near future yeah as of right now the only one I can say is the Eptic one that I have okay. later tonight back for back but if you live in the DMV hope y'all are popping out for that it's going to be Cliptic, Bastiff, myself and Razor oh, all, all the boys are playing back. it's just going to be all of our like IDs basically if oh I saw, actually saw you guys post about that I think on Twitter yeah, 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 yeah. Saw it on there, but Sick. yeah it's on the Eptic's tour and there's obviously all the bigger support acts to like yuki leo tricks uber possibly those possibly uh uh collab between you guys in the works to showcase that night i don't know only i don't know we'll find out, right? <laughs> go to the show to find out where can the listeners find you at and follow you i mean all of my socials have the same at it's rack dopes so r-a-k D-U-B-C. So like so SoundCloud is gonna have more of like the free downloads and like the stuff you can't put on streaming services. So yeah. When you hear everything, SoundCloud is definitely the goat for it, but it'll be everywhere else as well. Apple Music, Excellent. Spotify, what whatever everyone's using. Awesome. Um, final question. I asked this at, at the end of every interview. Um, if there's one piece of advice you could give yourself when you first had the idea that you wanted to become a musician, what would it be and why? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I'm glad I kept going too. Yeah. Looking back, I wouldn't. I'm really happy I didn't decide to do anything else. And everything yeah. else I did decide to do was an on the side thing, just to pay, pay the bills until mm -hmm. there's enough of a income from the music business to build out, make role. it a full thing. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Have a good one. Peace out. Thank you so much for my man, Rack, for joining me on the show today. Please, guys, go give him a follow and check out all of his music. And if you found this episode of value, my only request is that you please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. Let me know one specific you liked about this episode. Other than that, I will talk to you all next week. Bye, guys.